Welcome in listeners to a very exciting, very new episode of Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. We have a very exciting show for you today. Uh, We're going a little off the beaten path from our normal episodes to bring you a great festival here in New York City. We're bringing you the New York City Indie Theater Film Festival now in its seventh season. Its in-person screenings are February 16th through the 19th at the New Ohio Theater, and online screenings are February 20th through the 26th. And joining us on our show today, we have co-producers and co-programmers, Allison Morgan and Mark White. Allison and Mark, welcome to Whisper in the Wings from Stage Whisper. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Andrew. We're so thrilled to be here. Yeah, thanks for having us on, Andrew. I am so excited. We've been chatting before we started, and I can tell you both are just amazing people. I'd love to sit down and listen to you go on and on and on about stuff. And especially, I'm fascinated about this because coming from Utah, you know, of course, we have Sundance, which as an Uber and a Lyft driver, it it was a weird mix for me. I hated the traffic of that. Park City is not a traffic-friendly city to that festival, but I loved getting to know the different filmmakers and the stories behind their movies, but I'm not a big movie guy. But here we have a theater film festival, which I literally went, a baking powder what now? You've got my attention. So (laughs) would you both mind telling us a little bit about this festival? Uh, Allison, why don't you go first with that? Well, I was actually going to defer to Mark because uh, he is the one that that I uh, have to give credit to coming up with the original idea of the festival. But the, the idea is for all of our theater artists out there who are interested in maybe making their first film or experimenting in some other format that we wanted to create a place for them to showcase their work that maybe doesn't have huge funding, huge stars like a lot of Sundance films, but maybe are more are more experimental, are more, you know, grassroots, the way that we started making indie theater. Folks are out there making indie film and we wanted to give them a place to showcase that work. But I would love for, for Mark to say a, a couple words about where the initial idea came from. Oh, gosh. Well, yeah. And let me add to that after having done this for seven years, I also feel like we've tapped into people who are quite quite experienced filmmakers as well as also experienced theater artists. So it's not necessarily just their their first time, but often what I find is that the filmmakers that we deal with are, are self-trained. They, they Maybe they studied theater. They didn't necessarily study filmmaking, but they have worked on films or they've wanted to create films because they're artists and what they do is they tell stories. And so we have people who have, sometimes it's their first film, sometimes it's their 10th film, but they're bringing us specific sensibility that I feel like I don't see at other film festivals. To to Allison's point, and that's really where the idea of this came from. Like most great ideas, it just just hit me while I was walking down the street one day, beating myself up as I do. I tend to beat myself up. And in, in 2016, my wife and I were thinking about creating a web series. And I was walking down the street saying, you know, gosh, why has it taken us so long to make a web series? Everybody I know has already made a web series. And I thought about that sentence and I thought, wait a minute, everybody I know has made a web series. And I realized how many theater people I knew who were experimenting with other forms. And at the time I was the producing director at New Ohio Theater. And 
I thought this is amazing. I have a platform, I have a place where I can bring our downtown New York City community and showcase their films. And it's it's been wonderful. I, I really over and, and now of course since COVID, since we have this streaming platform, we are able to be more national and in fact and even international. It's been wonderful really tapping into a worldwide community of theater artists. And, and I mean that very specifically, like these are trained theater people who have a lot of theater experience who are storytellers and want to tell stories on film. So it's it's not even necessarily theater actors who are doing, who are acting in films. These are, maybe these are theater actors who are directing films. So they're really stretching new muscles, putting on different hats and telling stories in a new way for them uh, that's really fascinating to watch and to watch these movies. I love that. I, I want to stick with you for a minute, Mark. What has it been like developing this festival? It's it's really been, I mean, it's, yeah, it's been so gratifying, really gratifying to give voice to artists, to see a larger community that I didn't know existed and to watch them grow. I mean, over the seven years I've seen people like, I'm sure that we have theater artists in our festival who are now at Sundance or who are or are growing, you know, their work. I've seen people now they have TV writing careers and also just, yeah, just meeting people, talking with them. Like any festival, it's a place where you share ideas and you find community and watching that community grow over seven years has just been very gratifying. Allison, I want to ask you now, when did you come on board with all of this? Yeah, so Mark and I have known each other through the theater world for a while. I used to, um, up until last year, also have a theater company called Effit Club in the spirit of why are we waiting for people to give us work? Effit, let's make our own work. And we did short plays and short films. And we were in residence at the New Ohio, but one uh, component when I saw the theater fest film festival had started that I approached Mark with was something that I was doing called the film race, where we would challenge uh, filmmakers to make a film over a weekend, basically give them 72 hours to make a film. And it was like a fun competition that we ended up partnering with the film festival on. And I ran that as a a separate component of the film festival for, I think, three years, four years. Um, and then as I was kind of wrapping up my company, Mark approached me to come into the festival as a more, in a larger role, in a partner capacity. Um, so it started with the film race, and now I've moved into fully uh, producing and programming, which has been great. So then I want to follow that up with, what it, for you, what has it been like developing this festival as now a full co-producer? Yeah, I mean, I should also mention that, you know, I myself am also a writer and a filmmaker, and a lot of my support work for my creative endeavors has been in film festivals. So I think one uh, advantage to bringing me into this the theater film festival was that I actually come from a background and lots of experience working in festivals. So it's been, you know, as Mark said, really exciting, really gratifying to lift up uh, voices of theater artists who aren't necessarily finding the platform or a, a friend of mine called it a soft place to land with their with their projects. 
you know, again, we, we have alums back in the festival this year who started with us when it was online and this might be the first time, you know, online during the pandemic. And this might be the first time that they get to actually come to the theater and see their <laughs> film in a room with people, which is what we all love doing as part of our theater practice is creating work to share with people in a room. And so that's been really fun and exciting to, to help artists also get this work into a, a room full of people also. Now, when you guys showcase these films. Is it similar to, I've never been to a film festival, full disclosure, but like, do you showcase the film and then the creative team gets to come out and there's a Q and A and everything like that. So that the audience gets a chance to kind of, I guess dissect the piece a little bit and, and, and get to know the artist a little bit more. Yeah, that's right. And we do have quite a few artists uh, who are New York local. So for those in-person screenings that we're hosting and just couple weeks, you'll get to meet, mingle with those artists, ask them questions about their work, engage with them on a, you know, one-to-one level about how their work was created and what they're doing next. I I find those Q&As the most fascinating part because, I mean, I love the work and then I love talking about the work and secrets get revealed and unknown things get revealed and the trials and tribulations of getting work produced gets revealed. So I, I find that to be the most, some of the most fun times that I've had at the festival is doing those Q and A's with the artists. So you all have been working on this for seven years now, and I would assume the reception is just absolutely brilliant surrounding it, and it's only getting bigger. How about how many submissions do you get a year? And Mark, let me start with you on that. So yeah, so that very first year, actually, because I didn't know what the community was, and in many ways that was. I don't I don't claim to have started this community. I mean, I think one of the one of the things that I enjoyed about it was stumbling on the community. But that first year, I didn't know what the film theater community was. So that was invitation only, really. I just reached out to all my friends and I was really plugged into the downtown New York City scene. So I think I spoke with about 40 or 50 people, maybe. And we took roughly 30 pieces. Uh, But now over the years, I would say we get over hundred, we probably get 120 submissions and we still can only show about, you know, it's hard. I think this year we may have 40, but it's hard, you know, because when you're in person, it's you, you're limited by the physical slots you have and the number of days you have. So I think it's about, it's at least 120. Allison, what, do you have a better sense of the statistic? Yeah. I mean, I think it's around that. I was going to say around a couple hundred because every year it goes up, which is great. I think that does show progress and show word of mouth is growing and folks who have done it before are telling their friends to submit. So it, it is a competitive festival, which I think we're, we're oh, proud yeah. of. And um, we do have tough decisions to make, but all of the artists who are included should feel really good about getting their work in because there, uh, there are quite a few films that we unfortunately have to have to say no to. Oh yeah. That's, that's the hard part. You know, sometimes there's this, this really good work and we're, we have this finite space and, you have to think about what's the, you know, what can we do? So I, that if of all the things I hate making choices, yeah, I hate that. Allison, I want to ask it, uh, saying on this topic, is this, are these local filmmakers only, or is this from all over? It's a great question. It began as New York local only. And I, I feel like, especially through the pandemic, I really championed theater makers that were from other places outside of New York because none of us could leave our homes anyway. It felt like if we're going to be in this digital space, why not 
cross-pollinate and meet theater makers from other communities. So now in the past few years, we've been including submissions from, like Mark said, not just across America, but we have some international submissions as well. We have some Canadian films. We have a film that was made in the Middle East. So we, we have really opened up submissions to, as long as you can tell us about a theater production you were involved with in the last three years, we're much more open to seeing theater makers work from all over. So that leads me to my next question. What exactly defines it as a theater film festival? So uh, does it have to be about a theater experience? Does it have to be a theater show? No, in fact, I, in fact, I, I really, I did, I never wanted it to be a, like a, a, a festival of film. You know, we, we have those and some of them are, you know, quite lovely where, especially during COVID, people had these stage productions, but they couldn't have an audience. So they filmed a stage production. But I will say, but they filmed it using multiple camera angles. It wasn't just a proscenium situation where, you know, it wasn't just a recreation of a, of a theater play. No, I, I really wanted this to be about artists, theater artists embracing what it, what did it mean to make films? And so I think I've, I've mentioned this already that as much as I love as much as I love theater actors who are now film actors, that actually isn't enough to qualify the work for this festival. You can have, if you had any role in a theater production, so you could have been a designer, you could have been a writer, you could have been an actor, but you have to have a certain primary lead function on the film. So that would really be writer, director, producer. And so, you know, even, even writers who write for the theater, who write for films, I love that too, because it's a different set of skills. But what I love is when playwrights are directing films, because to mm. me, that's really stretching yourself, putting on a different hat and telling a story from a different way. And so I, I really try to, we, Alice and I, when we're looking, you know, we, we have a questionnaire when you submit, um, we really try to, to, to really be strict about people trying new things, not just, just, you know, doing the same thing you were doing, but in a, in a different media, so to speak. There is this long tradition of theater directors, you know, who then go out or, or writers who go out to direct film. And then it actually reminds me, we have a panel, we have a, we, there's actually a, a, a company called Staging Film that is the name of their company. And uh, Jocelyn Koritsky is, is, if not the artistic director, certainly one of the, the principals over there. And she's doing a workshop with us, this festival. Um, they're really focused on how do you convey liveness on film? How do you take a play and keep it theatrical, but also keep it filmic. And some of their work is really incredible. You really get a sense that you're watching a hybrid of film and theater. And they're gonna be doing a workshop with us on Saturday the 18th. Um, and so if people are interested in working with them, I encourage you to sign up because I think they have a really great way of approaching this hybrid theater film stuff. That sounds amazing. I was gonna say, you know, not to keep giving Sundance free publicity, but I do, appreciate one thing they do is have both a theater lab and a film lab. I think for a long time, there was a real delineation between you're either in theater or you're in film. And the, you know, folks want to put you in a box as a performer, as a creator, you know, especially in New York, it feels like if you're in New York, you do theater. If you're in LA, you do film. And there aren't a lot of organizations or spaces where people who actually do both can still thrive. And I know that was important to me with my company that we were doing both. 
because uh, I was somebody who was interested in both. And I think this film festival really showcases people who are interested in, talented in, and want to continue making art in both spaces. Yes. That leads me, though, to my next question, which is, what is the message or thought you were hoping that your audiences will take away from this festival? And Allison, why don't I start with you on that? Yeah, I mean, I think there are a lot of themes that are popping out to me this year in post-pandemic art making. And so I think a lot of the work, to me, uh, in the last couple years, was in a darker place. And I think we're starting to to come out of that place with some hope, with some optimism, with some discussions around what art can look like, what relationships can look like, what kind of the next step is in the evolution of being not just an artist in the world, but being a person in this world. And so for folks, you know, like yourself, who's maybe never been to a, a film festival, we have some wonderful feature films. I would also encourage you to come to one of our short film blocks because you'll see a lot of content in a short amount of time for you, you know, Netflix scrollers that also are are grouped by theme very intentionally, where you can see how one artist is maybe unintentionally in conversation with another artist around a similar theme. But then, you know, more big picture, I think just to to put a pin in what we've been saying the whole time is I think we want our audiences to see our theater artists in a in a new and different and expanded light. I love that. Mark, what about you? What's the message or thought you're hoping the audiences take away from the festival? I, I think the primary thing I want people to know is that the, the work is good, that these films are fun. Even, you know, some of them are dark. Some of them are, you know, we have thrillers and horror and we have sad films and we have a lot of happy films too. But but the film is good. The, the works are good. And if you're a film buff, come out, see this stuff. You're going to there's a lot you're going to like there. And if you're a theater buff, I think you're supporting the artists. You know, I know what a lot of people love about theater is the liveness of it, but you're still in a room sharing reactions with an audience. So you're not streaming this. And we've got a huge screen. So you're sitting in a room with 80 people sharing this experience in the way that you would share live theater. And you're watching artists who you may even recognize if you're in the downtown scene. So you're you're supporting theater artists in a different way and seeing a different way that they think and operate and tell stories. So I, I, I really encourage both fans of theater and fans of film to come out, support the artists, support the work. And it's it's really good. You're going to have a great time. I was just going to add one one last thing, which is just around accessibility. You know, we're talking a lot about being in the space in the theater, but if you are somebody that still wants to watch from home, that option is available to you also, which I, I do appreciate um, from an accessibility perspective, from, you know, a health conscious perspective, if you're still feeling a little uncomfortable wearing your mask, no problem, stay home and watch all of the work online also. That is the perfect segue into my last question to this first part, which is who do you hope have access? And I actually want to start with you, Mark, on first on this. Who do you hope have access to the festival? Well, you know, everybody. <laughs> I mean, I will say that I miss, I miss going in person. And so I really have been so enjoying getting back into a room of people. And like I said, this screen is enormous. This is not a little tiny in-person screen. We've got great technology. 
And if you enjoy seeing films in person, come out and see it. But absolutely, we have this online platform. And I know a lot of people just love to watch from the comfort of their home. And, you know, each screening is independent. So each screening is like 90 minutes, two hours. You just, you're, it's a quick hit and you get to access this film. So I feel like we, we're really accessible for everybody in that sense. Allison, what about you? Who do you hope have access to the festival? I mean, I would say also friends and family who can't come to New York. As a filmmaker myself, I appreciate being in space and in conversation with people. And also, I do think if there's any silver lining to the way that we've been communicating in the past couple of years through the pandemic, it's being able to share our work in a different way and perhaps in a more accessible way to folks outside of a centralized location. So if you're not in New York City, if you can't come out for you know a variety of reasons, my family's in Ohio and they'll be able to enjoy this film festival in Ohio. And that is interesting and exciting to me also. I want to change things up now. I want to let our audiences get to know you two a little bit better and your experience in the theater. I want to kick things off by asking what shows or playwrights or composers in the past have inspired you? And I'm going to even open up since we're talking film, what films or filmmakers? Allison, I want to start with you because Mark looks like he's pondering still. (laughs) Um, So Allison, I want to start that question to you if I could. I mean, the answer is is infinite. I will say because the Oscar nominations just came out yesterday, I'm in the um, Everything Everywhere All at Once stand camp. Um, I think it's such an, a visually inventive film, such a creative swing, you know, a, an incredible cast, including Stephanie Hsu, who comes from the New York theater world, who I know very well. I think, you know, if you are a theater lover, you will love that film. And I think that Daniel's work is just super inspiring. Also want to give a shout out to Sarah Polly, who did not get nominated uh, as a director, but is building these really female-centric, intense, intimate stories. I think she's an exciting, I would say a filmmaker to watch, but she's been making films for so long. But there's there are so many folks this year in the conversation, Charlotte Wells, who did After Sun, was one of my favorite films of last year that was very quiet. Um, And also, again, just so smart and so specific in the visual storytelling. Yeah, I think those those are the three that I want to shout out for the moment. And then on the theater side, I've just been so privileged to work with so many theater makers and playwrights over the last almost 20 years I've been in New York and my theater company developed over a hundred new plays. So I feel guilty shouting out anyone in particular, (laughs) but I will call out Sarah Rule's production of Eurydice was one of the first shows that I saw when I moved to New York. And it is a production that still stays with me. I think about it all the time. I think about what it did in its, again, kind of visual storytelling and the way it approached theater making, reinvention of myth and I just think Sarah's work is also so, so brilliant. Yes. Well, Mark, 
I now need to kick the the, the question yeah. over to you. Well, let, let me just say, y- y'all are making me feel old because uh, I loved Eurydice, but by no means was I in college when it came out, nor was it the first show by any stretch of the imagination that I saw when I moved to New York because I had moved to New York many years before that. So I'm just feeling a little old right now. So I'll just put that out there. I also, I don't know, I interpreted your question slightly differently, really more like influences. So I mean, although to to Allison's point, I mean, if I just see a great artist, they become an influence. But if I, you know, but if I'm thinking about things that have inspired me through the years, I, my go-to answer for greatest film of all time is always Casablanca. I just love that film, and I do want to acknowledge that it was an adaptation of a play. It was a play that people thought could not be adapted to the screen, and I think the the way they hand there's a ton of plot points in that movie. And the way they handle all those plot points and the filmmaking of that and the adaptation of that, I just think is really stunning. In addition to the fact that who doesn't love, you know, who doesn't want to be Humphrey Bogart and is falling in love with Ingrid Bergman. And, you know, I talked about choice, making choices is tough. I mentioned that earlier. And, you know, that choice at the end there is so tough. So so that's just always my favorite film, whether that's influenced me as a storyteller. I don't I don't. Probably it hasn't, but um, I come from a classical theater background. I got an MFA in, in acting. So, you know, I was, I always wanted to be a Shakespearean actor. I just loved that language and, you know, wasn't, wasn't meant to be and that's okay. Uh, but, uh, you know, I just, I always loved like poetic language and poetic storytelling and things like that. So obviously Sondheim is, you know, I'd like to think that I enjoyed him years and years and years before it became very popular to like sometimes so I'll say he's a big influence in me. And uh, I'm just going to make a shout out right now. Kimberly Akimbo on Broadway. If you haven't seen it, run right out and see it. It is Amen. the acting, the music, the storytelling. It's just like such a classical musical, but done in such a new and exciting way. Uh, so I'm, that's my shout out for uh, such a solid show. Oh it's my such God. A solid I was show. weeping at the end. Can I just say to the, all the listeners out there, I was just weeping at the end in a good way. Weeping in yes. a good way. Yes. It was so <laughs> joyous. Yeah. Joyous. Yeah. I was going to call out the incredible Bonnie Milligan, who I went to college with, uh, as, oh. as well as uh, Steve Boyer, who I grew yes. up yes. doing children's theater in Columbus, Ohio. Wow. So, you are connected to everybody. But that, but that was a great lead in actually to my next question, which is. Have you seen any great theater lately? And Mark, I would like to uh, start with you on that. Oh, wow. So my problem is, is I often forget things right away. I love them and then I forget them. No, Kimberly Akimbo, definitely. And one of the great things I think about being in New York is the ability to see theater at a cheaper price between January, between New Year's and uh, Valentine's Day is a great time to be in New York and watch theater because you know, the crowds are a little lower, demands a little lower, you can see things a little better. I'm I'm about to see, what I will say is I'm about to see Leopoldstadt, so I'm really looking forward to that. Um, and I got my tickets finally to the sign in Sydney Brewstein's window, which is the first time they're reviving the play since the 60s. So if I'm getting my dates right. So uh, yeah, so I'm really, I would say those are the shows I'm really looking forward to. I might need uh, maybe after Allison goes, I might be able to recall the the brilliant theater that I've seen recently. Well, let's throw it over to Allison. Allison, is there any great theater you've seen lately that you might be able to recommend? Leopoldstadt is is heavy, Mark. So just prepare yourself. We'll talk after. Oh, okay. Um, oh, God. I, I was going to give a shout out to Downstate that was at Playwrights Horizons, which recently closed, but truly an incredible piece of theater that I think asks some really 
big important questions about empathy and about forgiveness. And I was telling everybody to run and see it because I really struggled with it after seeing it about how I was feeling. And I'll just say that that script is so tight. The direction was so specific. The performances were all just so nuanced and beautiful and stunning. So unfortunately, it's closed now, but hopefully it will continue to have a a regional life. And then I also just wanted to shout out Ain't No Mo, that also unfortunately just closed on Broadway, but Jordan Cooper, who's, you know, like 26 or something crazy, had his Broadway debut with this really, again, thoughtful, insightful, funny piece of theater that was really told in vignettes, but tied together through a, a framing device that he himself performed in. Uh, and I felt really lucky that I got to see that before, unfortunately, it it also closed. You named two amazing shows. Ain't No Mo, in my opinion, is the best play I've ever seen on Broadway. And I will not go on my soapboxing that I've gone on a million times, but it was brilliant. And Downstate, what I loved about it is it forced the audience to sit in the gray area because you saw both sides of it. And then you were like, I can't pick a side. And it forced you to sit in that uncomfortable gray area. And, and you left in that. and. That's what theater is, is asking, you know, to put yourself in somebody else's shoes. That's what great art does. And I think it just was so masterful in the way that it that it presented that story. I loved it. You know, Andrew, if I may just briefly, because I did think of something, although it was a play that was a while ago, but Is This a Room with Didi O'Connell by Tina Sauter? The reason I bring it up, not only was that an incredible, and probably what is that? That's already a year old. But mm-hmm. I bring it up because I just read that they're adapting it into a film. Really? And, yes. And Tina Sauter, who is a very accomplished, incredibly talented downtown New York playwright, director, theater maker, is adapting the film. And she's co-adapting the film. And I think she's also directing it. So I think it's another great example of the crossover between theater and film. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how they do that, because my guess is it's not just going to be clearly a straight adaptation. They're going to bring a lot of you know mixed sensibility, theater, theatrical film, all that stuff. So I'm really looking forward to that film adaptation. Let me ask you both, what is your favorite part about working in the theater? And Allison, I'm going to start with you on that one. The money. That's a joke. That's a joke. You know, I uh, started doing theater when I was a a 10-year-old kid in Columbus, Ohio. And I think I started doing it as a kid after my parents got divorced. And I was really looking for community and family and a place to be creative and tell stories. And so I think like theater is all of that to me. It is storytelling. It is community. It is talking to each other and an audience about what it means to to be human. You heard it here first, friends. There's so much money to be made in the theater. Allison knows all the people. <laughs> no, but I love that. I really, I nothing. I really believe there's nothing stronger than the theater community. I, I don't know why. I don't know if it's the things that we've been through or what it is, but you'll never meet better people than in the theater community. We just, yeah, that's how it is. <laughs> I think it's a group of people whose literal job is to be empathetic. And so in general, I think that facilitates environments of kindness and openness and helpfulness. Of, of course, that's not true of ev- everyone everywhere, but for the most part, um, I think there's a real camaraderie that I appreciate. Mark, what about you? What is your favorite part? The attention, right? Standing on stage. And 
having people look at you who doesn't love that uh i'm, I'm kidding of course no i'm not entirely kidding <laughs> i uh, i have done some theater acting i have done some uh you know tv acting and i do much prefer to have a live audience just getting that energy from the audience uh, i also directed theater as well i don't do so much at the moment but i directed theater and i the thing i loved about directing theater was actually being surprised by the art by the actors but you know wanting to tell a story a certain way rehearsing a story a certain way and then they have their own creative ideas seeing something new every night and really being surprised by that i loved that kind of surprise i i just i enjoyed being an audience member directing the show and then sitting in the audience watching it and take the journey every night and seeing it play out differently every night that it wasn't the same story every way. So I really enjoyed that about directing theater. I love that. And once again, listeners, you've heard it here, the attention, so money and attention, you can find it in theater. <laughs> <laughs> we've just doomed a whole generation to, to bad choices. I know, right? <laughs> well, we've arrived at my favorite question to ask guests, which is what is your favorite theater memory? Allison, I'm going to start with you on this one, if I may. Sure. I think I, I mean, I already mentioned Eurydice, which like, I just remember the running water in that theater that made me understand what you could do with theater in a different way. I think when I saw water pouring over the stage, I didn't know that that was, that was something you could do. And then I'll just piggyback and say, again, my first theater experience was as a street urchin in a musical version of Scrooge in Columbus, Ohio. And the first time I ever got to do a play, really like that, that feeling of being, being on stage, being supported by other cast and having people laughing and clapping and all of that. Like there's, there's nothing better. Yes. I love that. Mark, gotta go to you now. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you, 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 I was, I was nodding my head. Yes, but I'm glad that Allison got to go first. Yeah, I, you know, I have just the one thing that stands out for me, it's pretty obscure. It's a, it's a Rindy Eckert play. And if you don't know Rindy Eckert's work, he is a fantastic vocalist, theater maker. I don't even know all of his hyphens, but he, he is also the partner of Ellen McLaughlin, who maybe you know Ellen's work a little bit more. He did a play downtown. I think it was at New York Theater Workshop. And it was had to do with Moby Dick and the whale and all this stuff. I just remember the physicality of it, the way he told the story physically really just captured my imagination. I've always been interested in physical storytelling. So I'm also a big fan of Anne Bogart and the work of City Company, if you know the City Company. So some of my favorite moments in the theater has been watching their work as well, just in terms of, of the, it's not dance theater, but it certainly incorporates a lot of telling the story physically and you're watching one story, the physical story, and then you're hearing the text story overlaid on top of it. So how the movement and the text work together or work against each other has been some of my fondest memories. And I've, you know, if you're here in New York, you can actually study with City Company and I've had the opportunity to do that. And so I, I highly recommend that too, for, for people who are interested in that sort of thing. So uh, I'm sorry that that may not be more well known, but uh it's definitely those, sometimes those images, they're just hard to shake, right? And I, it really inspired me, stuck with me. Shout out to Ann Bogart and Viewpoints. Yes. This show by Rindy Eckert was called And God Created Great Whales. And it was an adaptation of Moby Dick. It was sort of his interpretation of Moby Dick, just to put that out there, if that's helpful. Both of those sound amazing. Thank you both for sharing those. I really appreciate that. 
Are there any other productions or projects that either of you have coming on the pipeline that, you know, we might be able to plug for you? Well, I was just going to say, I wrote a film that will be on Hulu soon in the next three three to six months. I, I don't know how much I'm actually allowed to say about it, but my website is allisonm.com. It's A-L-L-Y-S-O-N-M as in Morgan.com. And you can always go there for more info or find me on social media, Allison M on Twitter, starbright114 on Instagram, which was my first AOL account. And Mark, do you have any other projects or productions we might be able to plug for you? Indeed, indeed. Thank you for asking. So my wife and I, that that web series that I told you about that we were working on all those years ago, we uh, have taken some time to develop it and the concept has evolved over time. But you can, uh, the, the show is called Constance Cooks. And you can actually go to ConstanceCooks.com. I think the pilot episode is up there. And it's a uh, it's a culinary comedy. It's about a woman making a cooking, uh, like, you know, a, a, like a cooking Instagram channel. So we actually have, over COVID, we made about two years worth of cooking episodes that, that we would then, as part of the sitcom, you know, make fun of or show things going wrong. So, but you can actually watch the cooking itself on um, Instagram at Constance Cooks. So that's the handle there. All one word, const- at Constance Cooks. Love it. And finally, if our listeners want more information about the New York City Indie Theater Film Festival or about the two of you, or they'd like to reach out to the two of you, how can they do that? And Allison, you've already mentioned your website, allisonm.com, and your Instagram at starbright114. Uh, any other contact forms you'd like to plug, either for the festival or you? I think those are the best for me. For the festival, um, you can find all of our information at, at New Ohio Theater's website. There's a variety of clickable links, and I believe we have film festival email address, right, Mark? Yes, although the film festival email address is a little tricky, but it's Indie Theater Film Fest, Indie Theater Film Fest at newohiotheater.org. And in all of those cases, the word theater is spelled with an R-E. So once again, Indie Theater Film Fest at newohiotheater.org. And if you simply go to newohiotheater.org, you can find the film fest and that'll take you to the website that shows you all the listings and the screenings and the ticketing and things like that. And Mark, is there a way that uh, our audience members maybe can can find you or reach out to you? Through, through the Film Fest is probably the best. Also, <laughs> so you, if you go to Constance Cooks on Instagram, you can get a hold of us there. Um, I don't have, you know, this this is advice to all the young kids out there. Have a have a website where people can contact you. I, MarkWhites.com doesn't exist, so you can't really find me that way. But uh, you could also reach out to me at, through ConstanceCooks.com. I will also just mention that Mark and I will both be in person at every screening at the film festival. So of course, feel free to to come say hi, tell us what you like, tell us what you want to see more of. We're very friendly and open to feedback. (laughs) You can definitely vouch for the friendly part. Like, I do not want this interview to end. This has been a blast. (laughs) But Mark, Allison, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been an absolute blast. I've Thoroughly enjoyed learning about the Theater Film Festival. I'm excited to hopefully attend. I'm going to immediately jump to our calendar and look at what what your schedule is, what our schedule is, and just 
pencil it in because this sounds incredible. You guys are doing a wonderful thing and keep up the great work. I'm excited for this year, the seventh season, and I can't wait for the eighth season as well and all the seasons to come. So thank you for coming on our show today and talking with us. Thanks so much, Andrew. Thanks for having us. My guests today have been the co-producers and co-programmers, Allison Morgan and Mark White from the New York City Indie Theater Film Festival, which is in its seventh season. You can see the in-person screenings February 16th through the 19th at the New Ohio Theater, or online you can see the screenings February 20th through the 26th. You can get more information and tickets by visiting the neohiotheater.org and theater spelt with an R-E. We also have contact information uh, that we'll be listing on the episode description and on social media, as well as a link for tickets. Uh, so be sure to check those out. Wait, so I'm until next time, I'm Andrew Cortez reminding you to turn off your cell phones, unwrap your candies, and keep your masks on. And keep talking about the theater. In a stage whisper. Thank you. Two friends from old New York town Met in a foreign land One sang the praises of If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star review, like, and subscribe. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Stage Whisper Pod. And feel free to reach out to us with your comments and personal stories at stagewhisperpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Maniac by Jazzar. Other music on this episode provided by Jazzar and Billy Murray. You can also become a patron of our show by logging on to patreon.com slash stagewhisperpod. There you will find all the information about our backstage pass as well as our tip jar. Thank you so much for your generosity. We could not do this show without you.